my boy, we went to the Publix where they have a dispenser, a dispensary for Brazil nuts. Uh-huh. And essentially, you just pull down a lever and it unleashes absolute hell of nuts into your bag. So, no, I've seen that. Yeah, you can make my- butter out of them. <laughs> you can make so, nut butter. So, yeah... We were just holding the bag and hell unleashed of nuts in this bag. And when we weighed it, it said, too much money. And I said, oh, no. And Emily looked at me in my eyes and just said, we have to fucking buy them. We have to buy them. We've already released them. We have to buy the nuts. Oh, she really doesn't know you, does she? Oh, no, no, no. No, we literally walked around Publix for like 10 minutes Firmly believing we were about to buy $100 worth of nuts. Until a friend of mine I knew from school walked up to me and just goes like, Hey man, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, not much, man. How do I get rid of these nuts? (laughs) He's like, I'll take them. I'm like, okay, thank you. The friend worked there, right? Yeah, you did work. You worked. I didn't give a random human $100 of Brazil nuts. And they're like, I'll take care of it. (laughs) Because she just said a friend walked up to you. It's like, hey, I know you. You want some nuts? Take this nut! What? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time, it's time. For a load. And I'm talking about load. A load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A load of BS. The greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B, to the L-A-K-E. That's right, it's Blake. And the man that I think has let all of his nuts get to him, Scotty Moore. (laughs) I got all the nuts, all of the Brazil nuts in my head. They're making me go with the protein. That's not anything, Brazil. Ah, this is the king. I'm king of Brazil with all the nuts I've consumed. It is so good. Ah, I've already fucked up. It's okay. We're gonna do this show so good tonight. Me and Jubletner. I've already oh, started it with a bad thing. Now I am French, monsieur. Yes, you. Bon, monsieur. Oui, oui. Well, now it's getting very New Orleans. Ah, yeah. I'm from the Led. La la bon temps or whatever. Fuck yeah, you it. just taking French things and making it sound. Je, je suis très pour le podcast, Monsieur Blatanio. Hey, right. what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. Um, we're recording on a Wednesday, which is gonna be horrible tomorrow. But it's I've, gonna be a rough one. Yeah. Yes. I've already, um, I've experienced something much, much worse, though. Oh, oh no, what? So, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about how my, oh, we had no. that one Sunday that was rough? <laughs> Not the Blake Tanner hangover story, this is the follow-up. Yep, well, the follow-up is just, like, the first day of that two-day hangover. And that was the Monday, that was my... I had started working my new job less than a week before. Like, the Monday before that Monday was my first day, and I didn't even work a whole day. Yeah. So my first full Monday at work, I'm as hungover as I've been in years. Oh, without a doubt. How, when you woke, awoke, how much did you think you fucked up the previous night? Quite a bit. Are you uh, are you like me, where it kind of becomes like a memento during a hangover, where, like, there are moments of the night where you were sober that you don't remember? You're just like, oh, wait, that did happen. Yep. I just, yeah, I kind of give up on any of the memories that I had of that night, even before I started drinking. Yeah. But anyway, we had the, I had work the next day. I have to wake up at 6 a.m. I have to leave the house at 7 and... I have to drive for almost exactly an hour. Yes. It was probably the worst hour of my life. 
You didn't have no podcast blaring or nothing like that to keep you interested? I had them blaring not to keep me interested, but to keep me sane. Okay. And awake. Um, I was probably in the shower before I was fully woken up. Um, which is strange because I was awake probably about an hour before my alarm went off. And I was like, oh, so we're doing this then. Yeah. We're just not sleeping. And I did not eat that whole day. Blake? Blake? Yeah. That's, that's why things went wrong. You didn't put no sustenance in your tum-tum. The problem is, anything I did try to eat went back oh. into the work bathroom. Back in- <laughs> It went back into the world. It didn't yep. wish to be taken away that quickly. And so that was my day. And you know what? I think it was the most productive I've ever been. Yeah, I'm not like that. I'm the exact opposite. Like, I was just sitting there in a daze doing so much, like, repetitive work that I needed to do, but that I couldn't do, like, in a heightened state of awareness. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, these computers are ready. These computers are copied, okay? And it was just, like, boxing up. I boxed up 20 computers and have been sending them out to, like, stores. Proud of you. Okay. Um, and it takes probably about 30 minutes to do one computer. Good God. <laughs> that was, that's the kind of repetitive nature that Hungover Blake does. On the on a brighter note, today when I was driving home from work, um, I used Google Maps to get home because I have to go through so much, like, traffic construction that it's not even worth it to take the same route twice if Maps tells me there's something closer. Yeah. And today this happened to bring me, like, right in the middle of um, a neighborhood, like, kind of in just east of downtown Birmingham. You know, there's a lot of parks and stuff around there, and I saw the greatest sight I think I've ever seen. And it was a child of about... He was probably about six or seven years old. And he was dribbling one basketball. And then he crouched down and got another one, and he started dribbling both of them at the same time. Oh, I'm so excited for where this is going. While riding a hoverboard. Oh, fuck yes. I thought it was, my boring mind was like, oh, he just, he's going to pick up a third and start juggling. <laughs> but no, I like this idea more that homeboy, was he moving or balanced on it? He did both. Like, he grabbed that second basketball while just balancing on the thing, and then he started dribbling them down the court. Fuck, yes, this kid. That's the thing. Like, with me, since I work with kids all the time, I am constantly impressed with what kids can do. Like, one time a kid came in and just, like, did this whole speech against racism, I seen a kid do a cartwheel. Like, kids just do shit. And I'm like, okay, kid. All right. I know there's two great things, but just love. I just love the comparison of like, man, this kid was so aware that he gave this amazing, awe-inspiring speech, speaking out against racism and hatred. And then that other guy did a cartwheel. I wasn't sure which one to lead with. I was like, I my two examples are cartwheel and anti-racist kid. Do I put the racist kid last and then it seems like he was an afterthought? Or do I put racist kid <laughs> first and then it seems like he's not the big deal? No, I think it's better not to bury the lead on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, kids are great. Like, I, I've never seen, like anyone be more balanced or do anything like that requires a lot of balance or something than like kids that have trained at it. Yeah. Kids are dope. I, mm-hmm. people who are like, babies suck. Children are the worst. I'm like, no, you're not paying attention. You've been around the shitty ones, but if you see cool, like dope kids, they're the best. Like look it up videos of kids online. Like this kid is seven years old and already plays guitar better than you ever will. Like, Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the thing. Like, if your kid's shitty, then you're shitty. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing I found at work, which is just like, someone will come up and be like, man, that kid was acting, acting up earlier. He was a real piece of shit. I'm like, his mother was a real piece of shit as well. You could tell. Mm-hmm. That was the whole reason he's shitty. So, hey, don't be shitty to your kids, and you won't have a shitty kid. Fun fact. Boom. If you smell a shitty kid, maybe you should move <laughs> under your shoe. If you smell that familiar dookie smell across <laughs> your nose, the parent probably shit themselves as well. <laughs> you, have, as a parent, shit on your kid. <laughs> If your kid walks into the room, I don't know what you're doing. You're like, you're having sex, and then out of fear, you shit all over the child. God, I hope that that kid goes on to be like an all-star one day, because he deserves it. I thought, okay, you mean basketball kid, right? Not the one who walked in on his parents having sex and then got projectile shadow. Not shit, kid. So... Oh, fuck. Can anyone else tell that me and Blake have already been working for like four hours on another show before this? Yeah, fuck. that's where we're at. That's where we're at, so it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh, can I just say, if we're going to talk about things that are amazing and feeling good, I am back on keto, and now that I have a reason to lose weight, which is to be able to play with my daughter when she's up and moving around, I'm going to stick with it. And what's helped me is the fact that I no longer do keto nasty, because I had a real dirt nasty <laughs> Yes, you did. You did. I just did it real dirty with keto. I was like, my breakfast is butter. My lunch is a vat of cheese and then pork rinds for dinner. Meanwhile, this time I'm like, I could just get nuts. Just eat nuts and that's it. It's almost as if like. There are still shitty foods that are keto-friendly that make you feel like shit. It's like the time I tried to be vegan for a summer, and I swear to God, the whole summer, I just ate tater tots. That was all I ate was tater tots. I forgot about your vegan summer. It was a rough one. It was the t- I was a tater boy, and that was the entire thing. I'm a tater boy. I'm... <laughs> He was a tater boy. She said, see you later, boy. So, but yeah, also in addition to this, I finally picked up MCT oil. Boy, that transported me back. Because you know when you're in shape, you get that confidence about you where you kind of just like Vince McMahon, McGregor strutting around everywhere. I had MCT oil for the first time this morning, and that was me. I went to work just like, hello, ladies, how are you doing today? I'm fucking amazing. Now, that's the same stuff. That's just tea tree oil, right? I don't think so. It's medium-chain triglyceride oil, so it basically is extracted from coconut oil, usually. And it's basically the most important parts, and it helps your brain get boosted, and helps... I guess with mood, so that's why I felt so good. But yeah, that's that's that good good shit. So if you do, hey guys, fun fact: if you do a if you ever go on a diet, do it correctly, and you may be able to actually stick with it. I agree with that. Um, here at the BS, we always like to hear anecdotal stories about how things make you feel better, and maybe you should try it. Yeah. It's not scientifically proven, but maybe it does. Also, I yoga. do CBD oil and it makes me feel great. Not oh, scientifically it's so proven. good. I need to pick. I may pick me up some this weekend while we're on. Uh, and that's a perfect segue into my I, my thing. I need help with this week. My proposal because no. uh, when this episode goes up, Blake Tanner. I will be getting married in approximately one day. I will no longer be Scotty Moore. I'll be Scotty Ireland because that's how that works. I'm taking her name because it's more appropriate for when you look at me in the face. That is true. The fact that, like, if I called you Scotty Ireland, that would just... That's a great wrestling name. That's a really good wrestling name, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, I am going to be a married boy, and 
I don't know. I have never been at a point in my life where a bunch of shit... This must be how you feel all the time with the shows, where a lot of shit's just planned around you, and you don't... And you're like, okay, I'll just show up for it. I've never experienced that until our discussion of what the wedding would be. Because Um. with me, I, I want... A part. I want a perfect wedding, Blake Tanner. It wants to be amazing, and we can't have that right now. Like we monetarily, no way we could have that right now. So we came up with like, okay, we'll just do the documents now, and then have like a quote unquote vow renewal, basically a marriage in two years, three years down the road. And I'm like, that's awesome. Then they start planning shit for this time, and it made me mad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You shut – they're like, we're going to go down to the lake, and you're going to have a nice vowel, vowels. And I'm like, no, sign the piece of paper. That's all I need. Please, for the love of God, don't drag me out to some godforsaken lake because I'm going to be wearing a T-shirt and leggings, and that's about it. Don't try to make this a big deal. Wow, I was thinking that just earlier today. What? Don't, don't drag me out to the lake to record. <laughs> Please, Lord, don't take me out to the lake. But that that leads me to ask: when those three years, when those three years do come up, Blake Tanner, mm-hmm. what's the perfect wedding for Scotty Moore? Because everyone has the traditional perfect wedding of like white dress and all that. But for Scotty Moore, I want you as my friend to propose my perfect wedding. Are you sure you don't want the white dress? Because I think you'd look great in it. Okay, okay. Actually, wait, hold on. Let's start a few, uh, let's say two weeks prior Mm -hmm. at the BS Bachelor Party. Okay, BS Bachelor Party. By that time, we own a Dave & Buster's, right? Oh, yes, no doubt we own the Dave & Busters. Okay, if we own our local Dave & Busters, we steal it from the previous owner in a trial of death combat. I thought you meant just steal the building. We <laughs> stole this whole Dave & Busters and moved it to BFE. Well, it's actually the, um... We we went up to, with a tank. We went up with a tank. We took we... it over, we invaded with a tank. And it, it was just a it was just a jeep with a PVC pipe sticking out of it. So <laughs> wait, is this? Are you proposing this for when we buy the Dave and Buster's, or is this the beginning of the bachelor party as we drive a tank up to a Dave and Buster's? I actually really like it being the beginning of the bachelor party. Oh yes, because I think the bachelor party either ends with like us owning the Dave and Buster's or dead. Yes, exactly. And at that point, like, you know, we have two different, different paths that we can follow. Well, here's my question for you. I know you're thinking, like, planning in Birmingham. Or do we do a hangover-type situation where we go out to the Las Vegas or go to the classiest place on Earth, Panama City Beach, Florida? Hey, I mean, in two to three years, I could fucking finance all I need for that. So, yes. Okay, so we start out driving a tank up to the Dave & Busters in Birmingham, then a private jet to Panama City Beach. No, the Dave & Busters has a helicopter. Oh, okay, so we... How fast are helicopters? Fast enough, baby. Okay, so we helicopter down to fucking Panama City Beach. Mm-hmm. And what's what's your next plan? What's I, I'm excited. I'm waiting. What, what's our next plan? Since we're in Panama City Beach, we of course crash the helicopter into the water. I thought you were gonna say since we are in Panama City Beach, there is a second David Buster's we can drop the tank up to. As a matter of fact, it's a better David Buster's. There, I said it. Yeah, it's a lot better. I'm not gonna lie; it's very I mean, good. We'll land at that Dave and Buster's, take it over from the top down. It'll be much easier at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I just say one? This is off of the joke. Jokes have left. This is legitimately what me and Emily are doing after we get married Friday. We are driving to Birmingham and going to fucking Dave and Buster's. 
We're going to go to the Dave and Busters. Then when we get hungry, this ain't a joke either. We're going to Twin Peaks to eat. And then we're going to see Shazam. I appreciate that. It's the most Scotty Moore way to kick off a honeymoon, I believe. I I really don't have anything to say to that. That's just good enough. That's just good, good shit. That's just what a honeymoon needs to be. And then Saturday... Hey, could you buy me a Yankee candle, though, while you're there? No, no, you gotta get it for yourself. That's Could you the, give me a Yankee candle? That's the thing about the monthly candle, is that you have to purchase it yourself. But then Saturday, there's a thing in Vestavia called the Wing Ding, where you just eat a bunch of fucking wings, which, guess what? Are keto fucking friendly! <laughs> the fucking Wing Ding. Yeah, that's how I'm spending my honeymoon, is with wings. And Dave and Buster, my two favorite boys. I actually think that that's a pretty good way to do it. Okay, so back to Bachelor Party. We Alright, the second Dave and Buster's is ours now. Yes. We expand to own the whole boardwalk. Oh, okay, I'm down with this. We take over the movie theater, we take over all the clothing places, we take over the Pepper Palace. The Pepper Palace is where our throne is. Oh, yeah. And, and um... If somebody, uh, if someone basically disobeys us we do feed them ghost peppers yes well no we feed them much worse oh okay so we're going it is an execution at that point (laughs) down their eyes like uh the world's hottest chocolate bar which is like three times hotter than what we had uh that is apparently the most amount of spice you can put in chocolate before melting it. We're going to give more than that sp- amount of spice to the people who go against us. We are going to shove pure capsaicin crystals down people's throats. Yes. Um I also like I don't know if you've noticed yet, but this is less a plan for your bachelor party and more a plan for how like I own Panama City Beach. Yes. Okay. Blake Tanner runs this town now. We take control of it. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a that's a pretty perfect party there, isn't it? Well, there's one place I want to finish. Oh, the go-karts. Oh, not the go-karts. The go-karts would be good, though. No, Blake, I want an entire specific building rented out. And that's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, and Uh. we just get fucking wasted and go crazy in there. We're, like, eating bugs, laying on beds and nails, getting buck-fucking-crazy. Um, can we go through, like, you know how they have their fucking interactive theaters. Can we just do all of the interactive theater things? Oh, yes, 100%, absolutely, we would do that. I feel like at the end of this, you'd have to, like, call Emily the next day, like, sorry, Scotty died last night, he got eaten by a dinosaur. How'd you find a dinosaur? Don't fucking worry, it's Panama City. We went to Isle Nubar after. The weirdest thing is they had all the technology available at Ripley's Believe It or Not. To make a new dinosaur. That's one of those places that I feel would have, like, an ARG in the background that no one ever knows about. But if you stood in Ripley's long enough and were like, wait, these are not coordinates. Wait, now this leads to a basement. Wait, there's a dinosaur down here. Oh, no, I'm dead. And now I'm dead. Okay, so I'm dead now. Let's go to the wedding. I'm a ghost. Yep, you're a ghost. We marry... (laughs) I, I guess I marry you in the name of Crom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the wedding would be haunted mansion themed, which would be appropriate because I'm a ghost now. And then at that point, you, your betrothed to be, and your unborn child, all. I guess go to the top of the Ferris wheel? Like, I don't know. Wait, wait, hold on. Are we getting married in Panama City Beach, too? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course we going down there, baby. Hey, bud, I own the boardwalk now. (laughs) I got you, dude. Don't worry. (laughs) Like, the only reason that I took over this entire square mile of Panama City Beach was for you. I'm fighting off the... 
this Florida National Guard. No, okay, so I do like the uh, – something very important at a wedding is, of course, the bridal march, which she walks down to the aisle to. And I like the idea of my ghostly form staring down that aisle and then just hearing – I can't no more. I'm gonna take my own road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. Why it slaps so hard though? It slaps so hard though. I don't understand why. Oh, hey, for real though, I'm so glad that somebody that's not a boring white man is making country music. I'm so hyphy for it. It's very, very good. Um, oh, that to, felt good. Back to the wedding. Okay. You, she comes down to the aisle to that great song. To Old Town Road, yes. Mm-hmm. And then we have seagulls. What? Okay. Seagulls that all march down alongside her. Is there perhaps a flock of seagulls there? Yes, and they ran. They ran so far away. away. And that's actually what happens as soon as she meets you at the end of the aisle. Next to me, I guess, because I'm still marrying you, probably. Yeah, I guess you're, in the future, you're married. Well, hold on, wait. How often is it that the bachelor party is, in fact, thrown by the priest who also owns the boardwalk at Panama City Beach? Hey, baby, that's capitalism. (laughs) That's what it is, baby. As mayor of Panama, I got your ass. Oh, I'm not mayor. I am president of New Panama at this okay. point. Okay, okay, I'm down with that. Uh, can I be genuine for a moment when we did get you ordained? My original plan, this is not a fucking joke, was to record an episode of a load of BS where you just married us in the middle of it. <laughs> Like, we spent half the show trying to figure out how to turn me and Emily's story into a movie and not make either of us demons because of it, and then at the end, you'd marry us. Oh, wow. I was just thinking about that story and how we could do it, but no thanks, let's go. Oh, it's such a good story, though, that had a lot of bad mistakes that happened in it until we finally fixed it. Yeah, including a books a million that doesn't exist anymore, my stupid mouth. Can we just tell that story real quick? I feel like there is backstory necessary. We have told this story on the podcast before. What's weird is she was not my, uh soon-to-be wife at the time i was just like this girl that i had some issues with back in the day and then blake was a terrible person (laughs) actually yeah we it may have been so long ago that we told this story that like we have to rehash it now because i don't want people to listen to the like older episodes oh okay so basically what had happened was back in the day I Emily was my first girlfriend, which was very, very sweet, and then I left her after a week to date her best friend, because I'm a terrible person. And, mm-hmm. the, and then me and Emily may have cheated on our significant others with each other at some point, and then that kept going for a while. I left my girlfriend because I felt like it was a bad thing to cheat on your significant other. So Because it is. Because it is. So I left. Emily kind of kept going with it for a few. And then at one point, she got pregnant with her first son, who's fucking amazing. He's a really dope kid. And there was, you know, some baby daddy things of if it's mine or not that went along for a few. Yep, that's a hot minute. That eventually led to revealing that I was not the father. Cut to Blake Tanner. Visiting me in Alabama. This is the first time I went to Oxford. First time he's ever came to my own town of Oxford. And I'm like, the Books a Million is awesome. We have to go to the Books a Million. All the best people hang out there. We pull in. And like I said, the best people were there, including Emily, who it was a very awkward time with at the time. Because we were no longer on speaking terms. We pull into the parking lot. I go... Oh, we can't go in. Emily's here. We have to go. And so her and her ex-husband, husband at the time, walk out. As we're driving away, 
the worst human being on the planet, Blake Tanner, decides to roll down that little window of his, and Blake, if you'd like to perform for the audience... As I saw Scotty's ex at the time and her husband, which, admittedly, it was a rushed marriage, it was not meant to be, I did scream out the window, and I don't think they heard me, at least I hope, but I did scream... You're not the father! <laughs> Fading away into the distance, and I can guarantee that Emily doesn't remember it, because I've asked her about it, and she's like, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't us. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. We just screamed, you're not the father, at some random human being. Oh, no, it was. <laughs> Salty Frank called it a reverse Star Wars! <laughs> <laughs> your father oh my god so i think we've got it figured out we've got the bachelor party planned the wedding planned and as we finish and i say you may now kiss the bride i scream to the heavens you are the father (laughs) and then we go on a honeymoon to i'm gonna assume since you're uh the president of new panama you could send us somewhere with your diplomatic community Oh, no, you get to go, like, a mile out onto the ocean. That's the best I can do, bud. That's that's all I got. I mean, unless you want me to, like, clear out the Dave & Busters for a day. There is also a Kraken in there. He lives there, and he's not a good dude. No, Jeremiah is just an ass. Jeremiah was a Kraken, did was a big ass to me. Although, I could probably get him to just spend the whole day in the movie theater, so. Oh, yeah, just with like a popcorn in one tentacle, a soda in one, nachos in the other. It's a fun comical scene with Octopi. Uh, Gazi asked if he was invited to the wedding. Hey, bud, I'm not even invited. I'm not even going. Oh, t- t- look... I'm going to tell you what I told my parents. What's happening tomorrow is not a wedding. It is a signing of a legal document that allows me to live in the same home as my wife. That's all it is. Quit trying to make it some fancy <laughs> shit. Damn it. You don't have to sign that to be allowed to live with her. I mean, not usually, but in this situation, I do. We're not getting into it. Let's go to the <laughs> shell station. Ding, ding! <laughs> hey, Scotty. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of great people out there. We've got a lot of people who want to support us, who love to support us in any way they can. And you know a great way to support us? It's How? a great way to support the BS in just any way they can. I mean... You can support monetarily, you can support by just, like, giving us a high-five, an internet high-five, which is a dollar. I'm really enjoying this ASMR take you're giving of this Patreon plug. Oh, God. This is why, this is why you join patreon.com slash a load of BS! Oh, no, don't do that to the audience. They were, they were really getting tingles, and I want to tingle you on over to patreon.com slash a load of BS. I'm especially sorry to our most recent why, patron. Why Why do you always mm during mm. the ASMR bits? It's the worst part of it. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. <laughs> now I'm aware. Now I'm aware I do it. Yeah, every time you lead it, and you're just like, so, mm. Anyways, we're just going to get into this. Hey, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just genuinely okay with this, huh? <laughs> Maybe mm, this is like is this is this what you fucking want? Is this what you want to fucking donate? Is that what you want, you dirty bastards? <laughs> what you want? If you want to hear more of me going, mm, no, no, it's, it's in my ears. As a matter of fact, if you don't want to hear me do that, donate and say no. If you enjoyed the ASMR, though. Just let us know. We could do a stream called, like, BSMR, and we'll do it for our patrons. And if you do become a patron, you get access to our exclusive Discord. You can help make decisions about the show and whether Blake should mm into the microphone ever again. <laughs> mm. 
no, look, they haven't voted. You can't do it yet. And then, of course, mm. in addition to that, you get access to mm. man. <laughs> it's now Yoda ASMR. <laughs> Youngs, many tingles you have. Huh? Feel the tingles you will. <laughs> so, Miss Biggie, I am. <laughs> You get access to you paid for this, the exclusive Patreon show, and also shout it out on the show of your choice every single week, like the Patreon sites of BS, my mom and fucking dad, I guess. <laughs> oh god. Mm, if- support me, Kermy. <laughs> We're not allowed to do this show after doing another one ever again. Fuck! So, <laughs> are you see? Hey, do you want to bust out that Kermit? Hold on. Where are there so many shirts about BS and cups for my alcohol and my ass? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, tell us about the merch stand. Our shirts have designs that Scotty created, and all the proceeds go to us. So buy it! <laughs> and look there, you'll find it on merch. A load of pure BS. That's it. Oh, wait, dot com. You don't have a shirt with me on it. No, I'm not gonna put this mm. demon on a shirt. Yoda Miss Biggie! What what is wrong with us? <laughs> no! I can't. We're supposed to be asking for money. And then fucking finally, if you'd like a free thirty day trial of Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash BS Network. You can get access to their library of 300,000 or fuck it audiobooks. My are on there. Audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Also, going back, you could be patrons like Salty Frank and Gazi, who are both in the chat right now and great dudes. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck. And is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, the late... Tenor. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! Alright, Blake Tanner. It's time to bring your idea to the table, because my idea was literally just like, I'm getting married, what can we make out of this? Like, oh wait, also, Salty Frank! Salty Frank has become a patron! We're gonna have to do this outside of the shill station, but I don't care! Frank, 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 Frank! Gazi, you got a lot of shoes to fill now, you got, you've got actual competition. You've got a lot of shoes to fill, you know how that phrase goes. Mm-hmm. A dick you must eat. That was that's what I was waiting for was a salty Frank Miss Piggy salute. Uh that's actually Gazi was talking about JXT, uh an offshoot um originally, now its own original series that we do on the BS network. Um, from something we call developmentally unstable. Now, Scotty, would you like to explain that really quickly? So, developmentally unstable is the worst thing on the planet because me and Blake essentially use the WWE 2K19 character creator to make godless abominations from hell. Mm -hmm. And tonight, Scotty, we need to talk about our favorite 
god, oh. this abomination. And we need to tell his story. Oh my god, are you proposing that... Since... I guess this is cross-promotion to promote the new show JXT... That we make the backstory for the fucking Jebaduck? The Jebaduck is his name. Jebaduck, Jebba, Jebaduck, Duck, Duck. Fuck me, this is... Ve- oh, wait, also Ghazi says that he'll up to 25 if we keep taunting him, but I don't think he'd do that. I don't think Ghazi would do something like that. That would be ridiculous and terrible. I legitimately don't know if I want you to do that, Gazi. Don't no strain yourself. No one would yourself. be cool enough to do that like Gazi. Only people like Frank would be cool enough to donate $25. Stop doing this to Gazi. <laughs> I know we make fun of him, but stop. I'm just gonna be on my Gmail account just, like, watching. Um, okay, so we do have a little bit of backstory on the Jebaduck. Yes. Because we are aware of the fact... That he is the illegitimate child. He is the offspring of the Slender Man and the Babadook. Which, do we need to get into how that works? Nope. Okay. We, all know, we all know who the Babadook is. We all know what the Babadook represents. And that is weird-ass story-based horror and being a paragon of the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, okay. So, or could they have adopted? Could have adopted. But wait, hold on, because he does have the DNA of both parents. So is that a thing that could happen? Yes. Wait, legit? That sounds dope as hell. You're saying me and you together could make a baby? No, but the Jebaduck, or but the Babaduck and um, <laughs> the Slenderman could. Okay, I'm down with this. Okay, so how? here's the big story. How does Jebaduck start wrestling? Because I like to think they were just... A small farm family, after retiring from a life of scaring little children, the Jebed- or the Babadook and the Slender Man sat down and had their first baby, who they named Jeb. And it was because they, they took part in a confluence of otherworldly beings. Okay. And as the two, the, the Babadook and the Slender Man almost merged into one, that was their original plan, because they... They cared so much for each other that they wanted to become one being. But the problem is, only parts of their essences merged. And out of it came the Jebaduk. Who, because they retired to a small farm, the Jebaduk is southern as fuck. He's just a simple southern boy. Okay, he does have a very specific voice, which is just the worst thing on the planet. I want to know if that's always been his voice, or if he used to be like, Hey, y'all, it's me, Jebedick. What's up? Uh, that's actually how he started talking, until, like, his parents were like, Nah, we're gonna make you conform to be a real monster. Oh, wow, okay, no, 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 I, I prefer, how about this idea? The entire- <laughs> Gazi has a great idea, which is one day out in the fields, a rattlesnake <laughs> just bit him in the throat. I like that one. Um, here's my idea. He was not aware that his parents were who they were. He didn't understand. He never knew. He just referred to them as, like, Karen and Joe. Okay. So he had no interaction with anyone else. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had no idea that his parents were who they were. And so one day he's just like, I need to go out, Mom. I gotta discover who I truly am. I need to learn who I am inside. And, and that's, that's when he got bit by the rattlesnake. And that's when he got... I love this idea that the mom... The mom, who I guess is Babadook, leans in just like, Goodbye, son. I'm gonna miss you so much. And he's like, Goodbye, mother. No, no. Ah! He gets bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> that's the thing, though. The Babadook only ever speaks in Babadook, which is just like, Baba. 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 But he somehow did not know that his mother was the Baba Duck, despite all she said was Baba and Duck, Duck, Duck. Uh, that was it. That was normal for Jeb. Jeb uh, speaks fluent Baba Duck. Oh my god, I just think I've figured out the plot of it. I want to take you back to a specific SpongeBob SquarePants episode. Oh no. Where SpongeBob thinks Mr. Krabs is a robot. 
And just worse shit keeps happening to him to cause him to look like a robot. That's what happens to Jeb. He looks like just a normal, tall, skinny farm boy. And it starts with the loss of his voice. You mean, is that how his mouth gets stitched up? Because that is a thing. Fun fact, Blake Tanner, I don't know if you noticed this. That's face paint because his mouth does move. So we have to figure out what scars his face so terribly that he requires to cover it with face paint. It's just actually really elastic stitching. Oh, God! It lets the mouth move for no apparent reason. I can talk. I can talk again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How about this? A psychotic doctor says he'll fix the Jabaduk's voice when he awakens. He just has the stitches across his mouth, and the doctor's like, you'll never torture anyone ever again. Because, oh, like, because, like, Jebaduk, Jebaduk may have, like, scared the doctor's kid at the park or something, and he's like, you're not gonna mess with my kids ever again, and then he stitches it up. It's like, I know what your parents did. You're the, and he's like, what do you mean? My parents are just simple Bob and <laughs> one of them has to be Bob because that's why he says Bob all the time. Bob, my simple Bob and Karen. That's all they are. He's like, think again, kid, and tosses a copy of the Babadook at him. A copy of the Babadook and the original Slenderman creepypasta because that is that does involve the Slenderman kidnapping children. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what it is. Uh, now, uh, does he just? How does his skin get pale? Because he does also have pale white skin. I think that as soon as this realization is made to to Jeb, like, as soon as he realizes what he is, he starts to take on the form of, like, his true nature. Oh, or almost like, what if he's trying to live up to the family name? So, like, the Babadook's face looks like that naturally. Slenderman has that bright white face. And Jeb, I'm going to say it, underneath that makeup... Probably a handsome boy may be underneath there, but he won't show us because he wants to be a monster. He wants to become the monster like his parents were. Yes, maybe he's even gotten his entire body tattooed white. Or just bleached, like that'd be a lot easier. Yeah, but he wants to go through the pain. Oh man, that's the... Like, this is a comedy podcast. Yeah, but no, he loves it. He's into it. Okay, so now... He's like, this is what I am. But I, I, I think there's one element missing. We've got the creepy sun-bleached face with the darkened eyes and the stitched mouth. We have the horrifying, creepy voice. And then one day, he's just walking down the street in his dungarees and plaid shirt and he, and he passes... He's crushing a PBR between his hands. <laughs> He's got a PBR! A tall boy a PBR tosses it. Because guess what? No one thinks he's creepy. Aww. They did beforehand, but now they don't. People have grown up. They've seen Babadook before. They've seen all of that shit before. He's just not scary enough. Yeah, it's just Jeb. And then he passes by a little place I like to call the men's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> With Now with hats. Now with hats, and it says, you're gonna like the way you look. And he walks in and buys a fucking three-piece suit. Suit. But the thing is, he looks in the mirror as he's made his purchase. He's just left the suit on and left his old clothes at yes. the men's warehouse. He's all, and he looks up and he touches his scalp and he realizes that the violent amount of tattooing to his skin is starting to make him go bald. And, he, and that's when he turns around and realizes that the person that's been helping him, helping him put on, get his new wardrobe together, is the cat in the hat. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I like this so much more! I thought it was... So then, he's just like... The, the, guy, the cat in the hat's just like... Amazing looks that you see! That will cost 50! And he holds out a hand for the $50 bill for this apparently very cheap suit. Then Jevaduk decks him in the face, takes the hat, and then spits on it. And because he's a demon, his spit is black and dyes the hat black. Yep. He steals the cat in the hat. Also, like when the cat in the hat reaches his hand out for the money, the Jevaduk reaches his hand out and steals the cat's heart. 
Yes. Also, you know, sometimes on this show, we're pretty much easy to follow and understandable. This is the most buckwild off the rails thing if you don't know who the Jebaduck is. Well, the Jebaduck is the child of the Babadook and the Slender Man. You're going to have to tune into JXD to find out. The thing is, the reason he took this hat is because the Jebaduck has this amazing top hat that is so extremely ridiculous. It looks like the Cat in the Hat's hat. Yes. But it's so, black. I, I was going to take it to a place where he immediately, like, he just goes outside and starts stumbling around, and then Captain Tibbs finds him and hires him for JWF. But I'm gonna go down the Salty Frank route, because he did just propose that it becomes a rom-com where he stumbles on a flight to Japan. Oh. And falls in love with Blake. Would you like to pronounce that? Because I can't pronounce it. Oh, the Kuchikasuke Ona. How... What is this one? Kuchisake... Kuchisake Ona. Okay. It's a spirit that, um... So, it's a spirit of a woman who is... Has been disfigured in some way, and that led to her death. And her ghost haunts, like, around the area where she died. And as, like, she goes up to random passerbys or travelers, and you know it's a ghost... But the ghost asks if she's pretty. And if you say no, be truthful, she kills you with a pair of scissors. If you say yes, she would take off like a mask that she's wearing. And if you say yes again, she'll cut your mouth to look like the Joker. Okay. If you say no the second time, she'll cut your ass in half with the scissors. But if you trick her, you ha the only way to get away is to trick her. Okay. So, for example, if she asks, am I pretty, you say, eh, so-so, you're average, whatever. Or if you throw candies at her, it confuses her. <laughs> okay, so wait, I much prefer this idea where she's just like, am I pretty? Hey, you're all right. Fuck! Damn it, I really wanted to kill someone today, but apparently not! I guess I'm not kill- well, that's the thing, you have to use that confusion to run. Okay, but here's what happens. Because this is the last sighting of this woman. Because she comes out and her ghostly form floats towards a young man in a fucking cat in the hat top hat with stitched mouth. And she goes, am I pretty? And he responds, no, you're beautiful. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then they embrace. And then that's... <laughs> It's not even a fucking horror movie. It's the Jebedux coming of age story. Yes, exactly. So then they he get... He does have a huge body count, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. So then they get together, and at one point he's like, I want to take you back home to... I don't want to keep doing that voice, so I'm just going to use his OG voice. He's like, I want to take you back home to meet my mom, Pop. I want to I take you back. And so they fly from Japan to New York City. And they're like, and they're like, we'll have us a day in New York. It's fine. And then afterwards, we'll go out to the farm. So they have the greatest day Jeb's ever had in New York. When suddenly, across the horizon, you hear, oh fuck me, <laughs> Ghostbusters in the fucking Ghostbusters bust in and they kill her they take her away from jeb and now jeb is left alone his the love of his life has been ripped away that's the thing oh i love this because she was a ghost and he is a demon yeah he can't be with her anymore unless he were to like release her from the imprisonment of the ghostbusters and they're the fucking ghostbusters you can't yeah. beat them and even the government can't beat them no one can beat the ghostbusters yeah. however ghostbusters did beat gozer the gozerian and he is definitely not a ghost so uh after this he's very upset and he's waiting in a bus line and a man walks up to him in a captain's hat he's like kid I think you got pizzazz. I think you got something big. Um, I don't think that's what it would sound like. I think it would sound something more like, Hey, you're really tall. And you know what? I love that top hat. Can you fight? Uh, Good. 
Okay. You got chops. Can you talk? I don't think you can. You're not gonna at least. Come with me. And then he grabs him and he picks him up. <laughs> and he takes him forcibly to be a wrestler. Wait, wait, hold on. No, no, no. I want to propose this idea. That he, Tibbs gives him the business card that says, JXT Wrestling, call me, Birmingham, Alabama. And he has an eye patch. And he has an eye patch. <laughs> You're like, I, I want you to join my initiative. They call um, me Tibbs Fury. <laughs> but then Jeb's just like, no, no, I'm done with this. I'm done with the traveling. I'm done with this life. I just, I want to go back home to see my family. And so then he takes a bus back out to the center of Colorado, back where his home was. And then he finds that his home has been destroyed by stormtroopers and his parents are dead. Or are they? Or are they? <laughs> it is actually, it's stormtroopers with like the Ghostbusters logo on. Because yeah. <laughs> they so monopolized. His biggest vendetta in the world is against the Ghostbusters. So then that's when he finally picks up the phone and he's like, Tips. I want to fight. And then he goes down to Birmingham, Alabama to fight for JXT professional wrestling, hoping, praying that one victory will be the one that makes him feel whole again. But it never will. It never will. <laughs> and hoping with each new victory, he finds a way home. It will be the next victory home. Victory home. Damn it, Gazi does bring up a good point that now we have to put the Ghostbusters in JXT. It's only one Ghostbuster, though, because the others are old as shit. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's the male version of Kate McKinnon in the new Ghostbusters film. <laughs> so, uh, what's the uh, what's the Jeb film? What's this Jeb, Jebaduck emotional film about wrestling and love and regret and busted but it's just called jeb with a period after it jeb period and in like the distance you see just the words duck 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 yeah yeah and the the slender man is like very far off in the distance as a silhouette yeah and the caption is just like you know the champion now know his story Hey, Scotty, Salty Frank says that when the Jebeduk finds his burnt house, all you hear is a car driving by and me saying in a random field, He wasn't your father! <laughs> God, that's good. So, okay, Blakey T, we've done it. We've ruined Jebeduk, or improved him, I'm not sure which... And everyone is thoroughly confused. And you've become president of Panama City Beach, but we gotta end with some real positivity, which leads me to ask, what was awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking God! He may have been your father boy, but he wasn't your daddy. <laughs> Thank you, Gazi. God, that was enough to break me out of my spiel. Blake, what was awesome this week? I gotta... Other than that... <laughs> Uh, Scotty, I'm gonna hold something up to the camera. You may not be able to see it. It looks like a strange instrument. Yes, it very much does. Um, because, do you know what? This is a keyboard key puller. Okay. Pull these bad boys out. Oh, alright. That's my keyboard key. I can pull it out. Um, this is extremely handy for somebody who needs to, like, do a lot of maintenance for, um, keyboards and stuff. And since I have multiple keyboards that I don't want to, like, try to pry out with my fingers all of the keys because it could possibly break them, this is a much safer way to pull keys out of a keyboard, and um, it doesn't actually break the nubs inside them. <laughs> That's it! And it's it! I mean, this is my favorite fucking thing. Like, we we went from a goofy, weird-ass thing about the fucking Slender Man's son to just, like... I didn't know those existed. That's really interesting. Cool. Yep. If you end, to be honest, for all you fuckers out there who sit at a computer a lot, and trust me, I know, because I do. Scotty does. Yeah. I bet most of you boys do in the chat, and by that I mean the two of you. You're going to need to clean your fucking keyboard. You probably do right now. I do right now. My keyboard looks gunky as shit. I just got this in a couple days ago. 
come Saturday, this bad boy is getting a good washing. Like, I generally thought you were going to lead into, like, I've replaced all the keycaps on my computer, and it looks like this beautiful silhouette. And you're like, no, just the ability to pry these keys off is fucking amazing. Yep. I, and I love it because the keys just, like, stick in the thing. Like, they just holds on to it. That's very, very good. Well, my thing that's awesome this week... I mean, the new keto thing is very, very amazing. My beautiful soon-to-be wife is fantastic. Like, realizing that... I I don't know. Realizing that, like, she's my piece, which is a weird thing to say. P-E-A-C-E. Because, like, whenever I'm at home, I'm very much in work mode because I work from home. But going over there is the only time in my life where I can just be like... I'm just going to chill out and relax and not have to worry about anything. So that's very, very nice. But that's not what was awesome this week. Fuck all that. Instead, uh-huh. I want to take you back to probably, I'm going to say, like 1998, 1999. You're sitting down in front of your TV watching some cartoons, eating some cereal, which, by the way, cereal is always very good. Yeah. And a TV show comes across Fox Kids. Featuring a large blue man with antennae and his partner who resembles a giant moth. It is the tick. The tick. Hey, uh, you talking about, you talking about my tick? You're talking about the good old tick. You're talking about my tick. It's a tick. I'm the tick. Um, I'm the tick, bitch. But I, I'm not, I'm not talking about that tick, unfortunately, but I, I did grow up loving that tick. Have you watched the Amazon Prime, the, the tick yet? I've been meaning to do it for a long time. I um, I came into the house the other day and my dad was watching it. And I was like, oh, is it good? And he said, yeah, it's real good. Like, I, uh, about a year or two ago, Amazon Prime basically released a trailer, a pilot basically for it. And I watched it and I'm like, this is alright. I wouldn't probably watch the show. Because the guy they got to play the tick is someone you kind of have to warm up to. Because you're used to strong-jawed Patrick Warburton, the tick. And this guy has the voice, it's just the face is a bit off. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, the show's fantastic. It's got that good, good, good comedy. Like, if you're a fan of the McElroys, it's got very similar comedy to them that I very much enjoy. And it's also surprisingly dark. Like, Ooh. like not in, like, a a Batman Begins kind of way, but, like, there's stakes. It's not a goofy, cartoony, brought-to-life show. They add stakes to it. Like, um, one of my favorite storylines at the beginning of it was, like, Arthur has a lot of mental problems going on in his life and a bunch of mental illnesses. And so for many parts in the first three episodes, they tease this fact that the tick might be a hallucination the whole time. And so, like, you're not really sure until at one point it's revealed that, oh, wait, no, he's real. And even then, like, that mental illness kind of thing is pursued more with the tick. Because I I don't know if you remember, no one knows what his fucking backstory is because he doesn't know. He's just the tick. Does the tick's... Like, Homestead get burned down by stormtroopers? Uh, no, it does not. But, yeah, like, uh, because of that, the Tick has, like, this weird existential crisis in the middle of the series that was really very good. And the terror, they decided to make a genuinely creepy human being. They got, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Jeffrey, not Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the guy who plays Rorschach. Jeffrey Dahmer. No, not Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy who plays Rorschach. No, the murderer. No, not the murderer. (laughs) Haley uh, Joel Osment, Haley Earl Kaylee, something like that. He was Freddy Krueger, he was Rorschach, a bunch of different things. And he's as the terror, and he is the funniest part of the show, bar none. He's so good in it. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else I really enjoyed about the show. But it was just a very good watch, and very fast. Like, I had a bout of insomnia hit on Thursday, I think. It was a few days ago. I had a big bout of insomnia hit, and I literally watched the entire first season through. Yeah. So, and I'm not a binge boy, but I did binge that show, and it's very, very good, so check out The Tick. But for, It was uh, Jackie Earl Haley. There we go. But for now, Blake Tanner, where can people find you on the internet? Sleeping. Um, You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter 
You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya um, on YouTube. That's Darkroom, V-I-D-Y-A, D-A-R-K-R-O-O-M for Darkroom. If you need to know how to spell Darkroom, I actually guested on a couple of episodes of Resident Evil 2 that they were playing. Cool. Should go out in uh, the next week or so. And we still have a bunch of D&D backed up that no one's edited, and I'm trying to get them to edit our D&D podcast. I really, I want that show to come out very badly, mostly because when I go on paternity leave, I do, I would like to put up an episode at the BS stream as just like a, hey, Scotty's not here, so we're just going to play D&D. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. Just look up Scotty Moore. You'll find them all there, including the book starring me and Blake, where we fight gods and monsters and evil demons and get very drunk along the way. Did you ever see the the, the person who went through and figured out exactly how many drinks James Bond consumed during the books? Yes. Yeah, I want them to do it with our book, because they'll at the end they'll be like, they should be dead at this point. There's no way a human would survive this, and, like, be an effective spy. And that's just the end of the third chapter. Yeah. Um, but for now, remember to check us out online at a load of com. We got shows like Fun Fiction, which recently blew the fuck up, kinda, because we had Mike Schubert of uh, Potterless on, and... God, that got us a lot of stuff. And then, of course, Fight Boys, and which has its own entirely new YouTube channel. So if you want to find out about the Jebaduck, go subscribe to that, because there's JXT, Developmentally Unstable. Once I get a normal life pattern going, I'm going to start doing reviews for Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that. So check that out on YouTube by just looking up Fight Boys. And special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes, our good buddy Tom. And his brass hole for uh, giving us our theme song, which is Ric Flair. And it's from the album Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Because it's all the same name. Because they've only released one album and I can't wait until they release more. Yeah, they are a very, very good band. We we hopped on that bandwagon like right when we needed to. Because I doubt we could get them on the show now. Um, True. So make sure to check out Tom and all of his work. Remember to support us, but if you can't do that through Patreon or merch, we understand that. Just leave us a review on iTunes if you could. It helps bump us up those iTunes ranks. Or, of course, if you can't do that, leave us a review on uh, YouTube, subscribe to the channel, comment down below, whatever you'd like, and remember to find me and Blake on Twitter at a load of pure BS. Except no substitutes, and we will see you next week. Wicked!